Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Couldn't have picked a better one myself. It's top of the line. All the options. The only thing it can't do is fly. No, I'm just licking. This one is way out of my price range. Oh, see, now there's your problem. Price range is really just a frame of mind. The facts are that you work hard. You deserve this. And God wants you to be happy. Yeah, appreciate your enthusiasm, but um, God never said that. Did you know that a uh, new car salesman loses 30% of his value the second he leaves the lot? Yeah, true facts. Google it. God never said that. Man, it's going to be good, good, good times over the next couple of weeks. I'm glad you're here. And if you're new with us, I'm excited to tell you we're launching a brand new series today. It's a six-part message. I know it seems kind of long, but this is going to take us all the way up into those moments of what? Christmas. I know it's right around the corner. Crazy, right? Buddy the Elf gets to come out. I'm so excited for that, by the way. Um, and, and those little fruitcake things, paybacks are coming. It's like, you know, we're getting in the front of the series, if you're new with us, right? We're getting in front of the series where you're, you're part of what's about to happen and unfold, and you're going to get to see the sort of the, the previews of, of everything, and maybe that, that little first clip of what could take place as we jump into this, this the today in this series. Uh, you know you're, you're going to make something important in your life when you get in that very, 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 first moment of that first you know, 30 seconds of the movie because it makes sense the rest of the way, right? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, you, you skip the popcorn line just to show up today, and I thank you for doing that. All right, but before we jump in here today, hey, if, if you don't know nothing about it, uh, last year, in the last couple of years, we've been able to take some students, right, students and student life camp, uh, and, and we've taken some people down to beach camp, and we've seen a lot of fruit from this, and, and God's blessed us continuously, and we, we want to help um, them continue to be able to do what they're doing. So if you don't know nothing about what we're about to experience today, Chili Cook-Off, Anita mentioned it, I'm going to plug it one more time, uh, but hey, the, the funds that are raised here, the donations that are accepted, uh, plus the Chili Cook-Off, everything's going towards kids or students, I wouldn't say kids, students going to summer camp next year, next summer. And so we took over for almost like 30 some odd students last year, and they just want to continue to do that and multiply. There's a lot of kid, uh, students involved right now uh, in our student ministry, and we know that, that they're going to need some support and some external help. And so that's what today's about. Uh, and if you, you're going to go out to eat, right? I mean, come on, let's just be honest. Most people go out to eat right after church. So why don't you just stick around, hang out with some of us. Maybe you don't want to hang out with me, but maybe some other people, and just literally just start some spiritual conversations and, and over a bowl of chili, and then we can all go to the bathroom together. So, you know, it'd be a great time just to hang out, connect, and see what God can do. And then, and then most important, and we're helping students uh, further their relationship with God by giving God the glory through a bowl of chili. So it's going to be good. It's just really going to be good. It's helping them reach their goals. And so we want to be a part of that, right? I'm not going to guilt you into that. You don't want to not help a student reach their goal, right, to go to camp. So, uh, but in the next several weeks, man, we're going to be we're going to be talking about six different culture belief systems that people have had for years, and they they've had them attributing to God. And but the reality is, is God never really said some of these things. And if you grew up in this area, in this culture, this Bible belt that we grow, you know, I've grown up in. Uh, 
just for example, like next week is a very important week because we're really going to tackle this, this idea, this talk of where, where people, many people believe in the, it's in the Bible, uh, but it's really not. People say uh, all the time, maybe you've heard this, this phrase before, but hey, God will never give you more than you what? Oh, you've heard that before. Wow, man, I thought it was just me. But yeah, God never really said that one. You know, he never did say that one. You know, in week number three, we're going to tackle some ideas of, uh, about the very dangerous cultural lie that many people believe that it, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't, what, hurt anybody, right? Uh, and that's just a lie straight from Satan. Uh, week number four, uh, maybe one of the most important ones uh, that, that people, people believe, it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you're sincere and you're following, right? It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're heading in the right direction. Man, that could not be further from the truth. And then as we just sort of continue on in, in week five and six, we're going to tackle some ideas. Is God just doesn't really want you to sit down and enjoy church and, and just enjoy the, 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 the production side of everything and you get to checklist your little checkbox for the week. We want, you to, we want you to just really dive in. And maybe number six is maybe the most important one for who you are today and your walk. But we want to finish strong with this idea of, you know, forgive and forget. A lot of people just says, oh, you know, hey, you just, what, forgive and forget and just forget and move on. Does, did God really say all that? I mean, those are some really deep questions that we're going to explore over the next couple of weeks. And I promise you, this is going to challenge everyone in here if you're here and you have ears to hear. But as we launch today, I want to talk about uh, what may be the most popular misbelief where we live, uh, and, and especially in our culture, an American version. How about Bull County, Central Kentucky, Casey County, saw some Casey, Lincoln County, Gary County, right? Are we missing anybody? Richmond. I mean, we got some other people in here. Um, Washington County, Mercer County. I, I think I've covered them all now. Maybe Marion County. I don't know. But, but we, we, we literally come up with these ideas that just we we put into our brains simply because God wants you to enjoy your life. And once you become a Christ follower, you're like, oh man, it's all going to be good. Above all else, God wants good things to happen in your life. And God never wants anything bad to happen in your life, right? He never wants anything bad to happen in your life because it's for you, right? It's your life and I will spend it the way I want to. I mean, come on, God wants you to what? Be happy. And we even sing songs about this, you know. I grew up in the, in, you know, the 80s and 90s where there's be happy, right? There's a song about that. But I thought it would be wise to start off for today with a verse in Psalms 97, 12 that says, May all who are godly with a smile on their face. Everyone say it with me. Come on. May all who are godly, what? Be Oh, that's right. It's right there. Come on, isn't it cool? It's right there in Scripture. In fact, the verse simply makes me want to dance. Does anybody want to dance with me this morning? Well, let's dance. Let's see what happens. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some music. I don't know. Let's just see what happens. There it is. Come on now. Anybody? We got one. I feel one. There it is. There's two. He's a blind man dancing. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. You, just, you feel it. See? There it is. Now you can sit back and enjoy the rest of the sermon. I mean, you're just, come on. Yeah, I want you to enjoy church. Last week, I gave you a whole lot of stuff at the beginning of the sermon. My wife said that was a little harsh. So I thought I would, you know, switch it and be happy this morning. Maybe that was too far. 
I don't know, we'll see. But I believe where we live in our culture, this is one of the biggest culture mistakes in what people believe about God. They believe that God wants you to be happy. I know, we went from here to here really quickly, didn't we? If you fall into that belief, it starts you down the road of misbeliefs and mistrust and everything else and disbeliefs. And what happens is, is, is one of those ology words, you know, biology, you know, those ology words, you know, those big, huge, heavy words. And, and, and the ology of life happens. And I think the, the theology, you know, some people don't want to stay within the bounds of theology, but the theology of happiness starts to happen and creeps in in your life. And if you believe that God's supreme goal for you is to be happy, here's what eventually uh, you start to do. The first thing you believe that if God wants you happy above all else, then whatever makes me happy must be right. And whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. And there are hundreds and hundreds of songs about this and where we live from country to pop to rap. If it makes me happy, it can't be that bad, right? I mean, you've heard songs like that. If we believe that God wants us happy above all else, uh, then we fall into a theology of happiness. The second thing, uh, we start to believe that discomfort, that discomfort, um, that delay maybe, delay of things, uh, maybe a risk or suffering in the moment uh, of the time, or maybe an inconvenience, uh, and maybe obstacles, right? Obstacles can't possibly be God's will for me. It just, it's, just, it's, it's impossible because God is, what, on my side. He wants me happy. Think about this. If something isn't going right, right, then it it, this must not be God's working in my life. And so we tried to figure it out. We tried to, as man would say, manipulate the circumstance. Have you ever been there? Come on, let's just be honest. Yeah, have you been there? That, that one's a tough pill to swallow. And I'll just be the first one to admit that, that I've done that before. You know, there's, there's, the, there's that moment of, 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 of literally an obstacle and you choose to go around it when God tr- just truly wants you to go through it. He, he doesn't want you to go over. He wants you to go through it. And a lot of us choose to go around it because we see and we have people around us, even Christians that will pray with us. Hey, wait a minute. Have you thought about this? Have you clearly thought about it? And maybe, maybe there's another option. Maybe God really wants you to go through it so you can be what? More dependent upon him. Third thing, you will fall into the trap. You will fall into this trap. You will begin to worship a false God of comfort. You will essentially fall into a category where you're, you're, you're literally enjoying the comfort and pleasure of who you are and what, what's around you. And money, I mean, come on, who doesn't like money, right? Uh, the pleasure of things and being able to provide for things. If, if I believe above all else, God wants me happy, one day I will worship false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. This happens so quickly, too, to, to, to our environments because of what we see and what we say and what we do, right? 
I mean, it just, it, just, it just happens quickly in our life. And we find ourselves really, if I can use some of our language here at Centerpoint, it, we find ourselves really centering over Jesus. And all of a sudden, some of these things happen, what we see and what we say and what we do. We, just find we, start, we start to drift away from the center point to really a point that we have made up. And it's not even in the Bible. It's more about us than about Jesus. But that now is the new definition of where we find the centering. You see, here's the issue. If, if we believe above all else, God wants us happy, suddenly we are forced to believe that God exists. To check this out. Come on, think about this. That God exists to serve me. He, he, he exists literally. Think about this. In the world, he, he, was, he, he did everything in the world to, to serve me and my family, to serve us, your family. We have, we have to understand, don't miss this, God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve God. Plain and simple. Now, I grew up in a Baptist church where you say amen. Now, come on. God did not exist to serve us. We exist to serve God. There we go. Making sure you're alive today. If God, if God is there to make me happy, suddenly we reduce God, the creator of the universe and the cosmos and everything, down to basically a vending machine where we get to go and push a button and out comes whatever we wanted. That makes no sense. And to be honest, you've done it, I've done it. We, we push a button and we expect God to do that. D14. Right? It's like the Twix bar stuck at the bottom. Then you shake the machine when it gets stuck, right? You go crazy when it doesn't come out. And without knowing it, knowing it this is what we do. We reduce God down to, to some kind of formula. God, I, I said my prayers this week. I went to church. I got my badge, right? I tried to do good things. I tried not to do bad things. I, I gave a little money in the plate, in the offering. I, I helped out with Love Loud Now this week. I served. I changed a dirty diaper. God, come on, that counts for two points. I've done all these good things, God. Therefore, my headaches should go away. I shouldn't have headaches. That boy should, should go out with me because I'm good, right? I should get that job or that pay increase because I've done all these things, God. I should get my dream car because I just should, God. Because I put money in and pressed the button. Therefore, God, you should do what I want you to do, God. Here's the heartbreak of the misbelief. Here it is. It's plain and simply. So many people end up walking away from God for totally the complete wrong reasons. Because of wrong beliefs. And it's crazy. I've actually had people say things like this to me, even in the last couple months. I've tried church. <laughs> Did you catch the word? Yeah. I tried church, and it didn't make me any happier. I'm like, you're trying the wrong thing. But you don't, can't shake them because you know, I'm six foot eight, and it will scare the living dates out of them. They're focused on the wrong things. And then I hear this word. I even talked about it a couple weeks ago, last, last Sunday, I do believe. Somebody mentioned this word in one of my spiritual uh, Excel groups, and they said this word, I, you know, I, faith. I tried your faith, and it didn't work. 
You can't try my faith. My faith is codependent upon one person. You have to lean into him, not me. I come to the loft, right? I come to the loft and I try that God thing and I worship this morning and it just didn't work. I didn't feel nothing. I even went to group this week. I, even, I, have, I have my own life group. I, I, I even served. I, I, I went to living room. I went to the chili thing. And the chili sucked. You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> I read the Bible for a while. My kids are still rebellion. Come on. I'm just being real this morning. I'm still not any better financially. I just found out I had cancer. My wife is cheating on me. My husband's looking at porn. I tried it and I leaned in. It didn't work. If you believe that God exists to make you happy, then you're not happy, right? Come on. It forces you to believe that God failed. It forces you mentally here to think, well, he doesn't care about me. But God didn't fail. We started with the wrong premises of God, which leads you into a very dangerous and hazard place to be with Jesus. It's totally incorrect. Now, what I, what I, do, what I do believe is this, is, is God really does, he delights, he delights in our happiness. He delights in our happiness that when, when you're happy, I believe it brings him joy as a parent is delighted when a child has joy or happiness, right? Like yesterday in her van, we, we drove from D.C. back home, and, and my, my, my daughter, eight-year-old daughter, was, was playing with our, with our son, eight-month-old son, and, and they were in the back seat, and they were, they were crying, and there's emotions going on, and, you know, and there's some funky gas happening in the back seat. But it was just one of those moments that were going on, you know, you're just trying to put the earplugs in and just Cruz trying to get home. But all of a sudden, like, my, my son just starts cackling. He just starts cackling. I'm like, what's going on? So, you know, I didn't text and drive. I just sort of turned around and stopped looking at the road. Don't nudge me, you know? But I'm just looking, and all of a sudden, I see my daughter just smacking herself in the face, and my son's just cackling. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. My wife's sleeping, and I had to wake her up. I said, look at this. And then we were just delighted because she did it for 10 minutes. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, this is the greatest moment in my life. This is so funny. My, my son is, and every time he, she smacked herself, he just, <laughs> you know, and I was like, what kind of evil laugh is that? I think he just started doing it simply to see how long she would smack herself in the face. I don't know. And they got more violent as they went on. It was just like this, but then it was just smacking her and she followed the seat. It was just so great. But, you know, another example is like, if my kid, we've talked often about my kids playing soccer, and I love them. I love coaching. I love teaching. And I love serving that way because I get to hang out with a lot of parents and a lot of people. And I just love to hang out with children and just pour life into them. But let's just say for my kids, my kids play on my team. And for my, 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 the soccer instructions were to go out, pass the ball in a triangle, work the ball down the field. And then I want you to do a bicycle kick, flip it in the back of the goal, and we're going to score 10 points. And they do exactly what I said. Man, it is awesome to watch. We delight in them following my instructions and they did a great job and I will delight in that because we walked off as champions, right? However, if my kid scores the goal 
while doing all the stuff that I told them to do. But as they score that goal, they walk over to the goalie and say, ha, 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 you know, and then kick them while they're down, go over to the coach and flip them off as they're walking away. My coach, my coach is better. He's my dad. You know, they walk away. I'm, I'm like, my, Sarah raised them. <laughs> Was not me. I love Jesus. I don't know about her on some days. Just saying. Would you think I would be happy with that? Would we delight in that? No. Yet many of us treat God just like that. Hey, he should be happy for us no matter what. No matter what. And we can flip anybody off. And that's why I'm going to argue with all my heart that God does not want us to pursue happiness. There's even movies, Pursuit of Happiness. God wants us to pursue him furiously. We don't pursue him for the byproduct of happiness. We're not pursuing him, so therefore he'll give us what we want. We're pursuing him for who he is, and that alone should be enough to sustain us. You see, in this theology of of happiness, I want to show you two quick things that, that particular reasons that God does not want you happy. And the first one's this. God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or is unwise. Anybody? Amen? Come on now. So many people do something that that they believe is going to make them happily inside, and we're going to enjoy this moment, yet it is so wrong and unwise. Quick example, um, this past summer, now, uh, I don't know how many times we have told our kids, no more monkeys jumping on the bed, you know? We have gone through this. We have tried to explain this. But for whatever reason, it always happens. One of them falls off and breaks their head. That's right. So, no, my son decides to go into his sister's room and start jumping on the bed. Now, we have a trampoline in the backyard. Why he chose to go inside, I do not know but he thought it would be fun. He thought it would be awesome. The desires, the pleasure of jumping on his sister bed was, was, was just amazing. And then he started jumping from side to side and then from front to front and then just seeing how far he could touch the ceiling and everything else. And then he decided, wait a minute, let's just take it up a notch. I'm having so much fun. He started to close his eyes and go from corner to corner to corner to corner to corner to corner. Wait a minute, not a corner. Every time, he missed the front of the bed. And when he realized he missed the front of the bed, he threw his arm out completely to try to catch himself. And his bones are not strong enough to catch himself. So guess what happened to his bone? It started to look a little deformed as he ran down the hallway. It didn't even look like an arm. Uh, He broke his arm so bad, it did not even look functional. Matter of fact, it was broken so bad, when we took him to the hospital, he had no circulation, he had no pulse, and they were really scaring me, but he could actually have to have it amputated if we don't get this fixed in the next 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, 911. Wait a minute, we're in the hospital. Let's go, come on, fix this thing, right? And so we got it fixed. It took some weeks. Our summer was a struggle, you know, uh, but we're back to normal now. And guess what? We're no more jumping on the bed, right? No more monkeys jumping on. We got signs posted in our house. No more monkeys jumping on the bed. 
because those are Benjamins out the door. Anyways, um, parents get that joke, by the way. Parents get that. However, this is the perfect example of, of what so many people do in their life. Is th- this is going to be fun, and this is going to, be, going to make me happy. It may be fun for a little moment. There is the way this seems right to man, right? This is, this is what it seems right for me. And it just sort of, but all of a sudden in scripture it says, but it, 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 ends, it leads to death if we don't do what it says. Ultimately, it leads to death. It may be fun for a little while, but eventually it, it, it always leads to death. Here's the problem that so many people believe. Scripture teaches us, teaches us to be holy, but so many people translate it totally different. And in 1 Peter 1.15, we learned about this in our last series with, with being different. You're called out to be different but just as he who has called you to be happy, so be happy in all that you do, right? Wait a minute. That's not what it says. That's the wrong version of the Bible. If you got that version of the Bible, you need to bring that Bible to me because that Bible is incorrect. But practically, that's how many of us want to live, let's be honest, right? The Bible really records it in 1 Peter 1, 1.15. It says it this way. It says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Not happy, holy. Yet when we believe above all else God wants us to be happy, then we end up doing things, we end up doing things that are wrong or unwise in the pursuit of happiness, not holiness. Did you catch that? You know, I, I, I know for, for years now I've been doing premarital counseling, and, and I'm, I counsel a lot of folks, and, I, and let's just be real, they're, they're I don't know why they come to me, but there's, they're paid. There, there are better people out there that, that have counseling degrees and they're, they're professionals and they're awesome. And I'll do some with people to get them to take a next step, to get them to push them in the right direction. But just to go down the road of, of marriage, I, I like to do about six to eight sessions with people. And, and I get them to understand that what we're about to enter into is, is not a, a man standing in front of them that's saying a bunch of fancy words not telling their stories, not, not any of this. It, it, it's, it's actually you two standing before God and a bunch of witnesses making a covenant with one another, making a covenant that, that literally is, is bonded in love. And, and, and from that moment forward, we're, we're going you know, to be happy in our marriage because we're, 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 we're happy because God's at the center of it. And we're going to do anything we can to make sure that we're focused on that. And so when you see people out and about and you start to hear their stories and, and a couple years later go by and you start to see somebody, hey, man, how, how's life right now? How, how, how's, how's your wife? Well, hey, we're, you know, funny about that. Well, well tell me about it. And I already sort of know, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm a stalker. But, you know, I already know, right? And so they, they'd sort of dodge me, but I start asking some simple questions. Hey, we're, we're not married anymore. Oh, yeah, man, I, and, it, I, I, and I just want to pour into him like, so what happened? Tell me what happened. And, 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 and I, the common theme is this. It wasn't good anymore. Well, why wasn't it good? We weren't happy. 
She was doing her thing. I was doing my thing. We just wasn't happy. I wanted to do this, and she wanted to do that, and the kid in the middle caused so much stress. We just wasn't happy, Jason, and so we divorced. We just wasn't happy, and it breaks my heart as a pastor because I know we sit down and covered some stuff, and I know we, we, we dove into what it meant to, to have a covenant with God, and I'm a pastor, right? I'm a pastor, and I'm supposed to have a lot of compassion. My, my wife tells me that's something I need to work on. Uh, but I do care about people, okay? And I know we talked about this covenant thing, this holy covenant that we, this is, this, is, this is something that's eternal. You agreed, not me, before God, that it's better or for worse. Get that word? Till death do us what? Remember, we talked about it. It's not about happiness. This is a covenant. But if we're not happy, this happens all the time in our culture. Christians divorce more than non-Christians. Explain that one to me. By telling you this, what I'm not trying to do is, is make those of you who have been through this, this horrible experience, pain of divorce, you know how much it hurts and how much devastation, and maybe you're still going through it right now. And I pray by the grace of God today that a miracle happens that, that only he can get the credit for. And my goal is not to make you feel guilty. My goal is literally to lean you into Jesus more. It's, it's the talk as well, though, to those of you right now who are in the worst parts, and you're in it right now, and you know you're in it, for better or for worse. That's a part of marriage. God's highest calling is not your happiness. You, you create a covenant together. You work through the worst. You work toward better, better together. You work towards it. God's highest calling is not your happiness. You're supposed to be holy in it no matter what comes your way. Yet so many of us, when we wrongly believe that above all else God wants us to be happy, then that belief system empowers us, right? Empowers us to do what we actually want to do Whatever it could be, it could be wrong, and we just justify it in our minds, right? It happens all the time. God doesn't want you to be happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. You hate your job. You, you can't stand your job, but you depend upon your job to provide for your family. So you go and tell your boss to fly a kite, right? He tells you to pack your bags and go fly your kite, right? You with me? Now what? See, you didn't think that one through. You just went in and you acted. You, now you're trying to figure things out. You don't have no, any resources to help provide for your family, but you put yourself in that predicament. And now you're blaming everybody. You got the blame going, right? You're blaming your boss. You're blaming everything. But hey, it's making me happy that I got to go tell my boss off. What about spending? Come on, let's just lean in. Let's just, just get really, really. Let's just talk about spending. The pleasure of having that 60-inch TV or maybe 72 or maybe it's even that new 90-inch, right? TV that all the guys can come over and watch football games and play this on, right? Is it really worth paying for for the next five years, just being honest? Is that good stewardship of you and who your resources are? But it makes me happy. Right? It's making me happy. And I'm now the popular guy because everybody wants to come over. Right? 
Let's just be really, really honest. Premarital sex. I believe sex is a gift from God meant for the covenant of marriage. Yet, even though so many Christians know that they're like, I don't care. It feels good and I'm a man and I've got my needs. And, and for a girl, I can't even control myself when I'm around him. I don't know what happens. We're in love. Right? After all, we're married in our hearts. You know how many times I've heard that? It's all about bodies being happy, right? We justify doing the wrong thing because it makes us happy. What about this one? What about marriage? Now, when you're asking me questions, like, what, what do you mean what about marriage? Now, marriage is God's idea, and, and it's good for you maybe to be happy in your marriage all the time, right? All the time. But if you're constantly trying to change your wife or your husband, then that is the wrong thing that's going to make you happy. I know we don't have anybody in here trying to change your husband or wife, right? You don't have anybody just trying to change them constantly. You see, your husband will never be enough or your wife will never be enough if you continue to expect what God alone can be for you. We're happy, but we expect our spouses to change and, and we try to change them. We manipulate them into something only God can do for himself. He's the one who fulfills them and sustains them and changes them. But changing them, but changing, me changing them makes me happy. Maybe it's dating. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a lifestyle. It, it, it may be making you happy, but, but something is missing. And the something missing is the wrong pursuit of happiness. You're not truly happy. It's fake. It's false, which makes you do unwise things. I'll give you another one. How about entertainment? Entertainment. Think about this. So many people, they go to the movies uh, and they watch movies. And, and I love movies. There's nothing greater than movies. Matter of fact, we went to D.C. this past week with my family. And we were seeing the Capitol building, the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument. And the only thing that came out of my kid's mouth, look, Spider-Man jumped from that one. Look, Transformers screamed down the street on this one. I'm like, honey, we got serious issues. This is not a staging scene for Hollywood. There are actually some great things that took place here. My kids don't know them. We need to talk. So we had a little powwow and we talked about this stuff. But think about this. There are movies and there's entertainment out there. And, and I, I just want to just take you down this road. The, the movies literally make us do unwise things. Because a lot of them are, are filled with just pure sin, pure filth. Funny, <laughs> but filthy. Amen? Come on. It's just wrong. And you know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's a horror movie coming up. A scary movie. You know, I'm a, I had some friends that asked me to go, go watch a movie. And I really wanted to. And maybe you wouldn't watch it. I, don't, I won't tell you what it is, but it was a horrible movie. And, and it's one of those movies that... Maybe you and watched, and I didn't. I chose not to, and that's okay. I'm not judging you. God is. But <laughs> let's just be real. It.
can cause some of the other things going on in your brain and you just, you fear things when you shouldn't fear things. And I, and I preached this sermon last month. If you're called to be different, then you gotta be different. And I was like, I can't go watch this movie. And they still wanna go watch it, I can't. Because I know it's not holy, it's not godly. And it just will bring me down. Now, it might be kind of cool because we're in Halloween and scary, woo, you know. But I just, it's a movie. Or maybe it's a, you maybe, come on, this, we've, we've been real enough. Maybe it's a sex movie you're just dying to go watch, right? I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey or what, what? I'm just throwing out movie quotes. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to disrespect the movie, but I, yeah, that movie, yeah, sure. But that, you know. But you read the book if you're a mom, you know, it's mommy porn. But it's just one of those things where if you went and watched it, I'm just being real right now, okay? We're stripping everything around right now. We're trying to get you to take a big step forward this morning. And, and if you went and watched it, come on. The next time you want to encounter your husband, he's not good enough. Why? Because that's a movie. It's weird how that works, isn't it? And now you're just, you, you start to look at the pool boy differently, <laughs> all right? Or the guy at the gym. Come on, let's just be really real around here. Or maybe the guy across the street, across the aisle, maybe in the shopping mall, Kroger, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It happens around here, but that's where we live. It's, it's probably not honoring God, right? But it's funny, it's scary. It's just that season of life, and it's just fun. It's a, it, God, it's just a little lust. <laughs> Where's that in the Bible? I've actually heard people say that. It might be funny, scary, or a little lust. Does it make a wrong right? Right? Am I just the only crazy person up here that's making this sense? I mean, I, I know I drove all week, but it just is that making sense? But it's okay because God says I can and just ask for forgiveness later. Ooh, come on. You wonder why people are looking at us and going, I don't want to be a Christian. <laughs> They're looking at you. We're not following what it means to be holy. We're following what it means to be happy. If you're not a Christian, you can call me crazy. Or in what I was known at the hub, a fruitcake. By all means, go ahead. I got the shirt to prove it now, Okay. If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to understand this morning, you have a higher standard. You have a higher standard. Like we learned from our series last, last month, different. You are chosen ones. You are called out ones. And we have to live differently because there's a world looking for hope. Looking for Jesus. So if, if you want to go see it this month, if you want to go watch that movie, that's, that's totally fine. Uh, but I'm going to pray right here, right now, that God intervenes in that watching that moment. And you can imagine me sitting right next to you and leaning over, hey, man, can I have some popcorn? <laughs> and then you give me that popcorn. Hey, I need some milk duds. I just need, hey, what about some, you know, those, you know, whatever you got. I, can I have some gum? Can I have some gum? Whatever it is, I pray that it disturbs you so much and you do not enjoy the movie. You're not happy 100% and you just runs your movie the whole way through. And so you can just save your 10 bucks, give the missions for the chili cook-off today. So there you go, you know? Are you with me? 
I pray it just rendered for you. You will not enjoy it. That's my prayer. And then you come back and maybe even get 20 bucks and say, I'm not going to the movies the rest of the month, the year. I don't know. God does not want you, you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise, just as he, he would, who called you to be holy. So be holy in all that you do. All right, second thing. We need to start winding down here. Uh, second thing is God doesn't want you uh, happy is when, when it's based on things of this world, Right? He doesn't want you to be happy when it's based on the things of this world. If you pay attention to Facebook or advertising or social media or maybe the late night, you know, after 10 o'clock, whatever, uh, it's stunning what you need to be happy, right? It's stunning what you need to be happy. From this magical dust you can put on your hair and shake and get a new hair, full hair. It's just crazy stuff, right? You'll be happy, right, um, to, to this new lens on my phone that I can just zoom in and just, it's crazy. It's like this long. Now, I did buy that one. I, I fell into sucker. I got that one. But you can zoom into the moon. It's so crazy. It's awesome. Um, or maybe it's this, this new exercise program that you got to order. It's this P90X, and it's going to give you not just six abs. It's going to give you 10. You know, you're just going to, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And you do it. You pursue it because you want 10 abs, right? Here's the, here's the plan that culture tells us is, is, is true. Basically, basically pursue better possessions, newer faster, shinier, bigger things, whatever it takes, plus peaceful circumstances, right? The absence of all conflict plus thrilling experiences, the perfect vacation, the fun experience, that big hit, the big thrill plus the right relationship. If you're not right, you, I'll trade up for something different. You're newer, you're younger, whatever, plus perfect appearance, right? Tuck it in, lift it up, pull it out, smooth it out, right? That's just what they tell us. That's just what we get, right? This big experience. And then it's just experiencing the right relationships, right? And the perfect appearance that equals what? Happiness. For only $19.99. Right? That equals happiness. And if you have all that, you'll be happy. The problem is with all that is, is all these things are based on the happenings. The happenings change constantly. And that's why no one is really happy all the time and things of this world change because they are simply counterfeits of happiness. They are not the real thing who makes you happy. Have you ever ate something that looks like meat but turns out to be made with artificial flavors and you're like, what is this? But you paid, you know, $15 for it and it just doesn't sit well in your mouth, does it? It tastes weird. Like that, that hamburger was supposed to be a real hamburger and it turns out to be made with meat from you fill in the blank. If it looked like meat, but it didn't taste like meat, but you got a great deal on it and you bought it, this is exactly what the world does. And if you get this, if you buy this, if you have this, you'll trade this in. If you get the, 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 then you'll be happy, right? Yet you're still not happy. Why? Because God doesn't want you to be happy when it's only based on things of this world. In fact, I love what John says. It's so pointed and directed towards us this morning. And he says it in this way in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, if you've got your Bibles. Listen to this. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. Right? There it is. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Woo, get ready. For everything in the world, the lust, whew, getting real, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires, they will what? Pass away. They're gone. 
But whoever does the will of God lives forever. See, God does not want you above all else to be happy when it causes you to do the wrong thing or something unwise. God does not want you to be happy when it's only based on the things of this world. He wants so much more. God's highest calling for you is not your happiness because I'm, I'm going to argue with all my heart that God does, does not want you to be happy as much as God wants you to be blessed. God has something far better than your happiness. He wants you to be blessed. And happiness is, is based on happenings. Blessed life is based on goodness and his presence. In fact, the Greek word that is translated as the word blessed is the word uh, makarios. Uh, it means supremely blessed. Makarios, right? Or it can literally be translated more happy, more than happy. More than happy. God wants you to be more than happy. The problem with saying God wants you blessed, most people think it's dealing with money because the world. Perfect health, right? Perfect family and so on. And that's not what the blessed life is. When when God wants you blessed, it doesn't mean that, that you won't have a bad day. Come on. It doesn't mean your kids won't fight and punch each other. It doesn't mean your car won't break down when you don't have any resources. These things happen. What it means, you will experience the goodness of God in the middle of some of the most difficulties of life. That's what it really means. Your happiness, your happiness and the blessings are not based on the perfect pain-free life. God never promised that. Jesus, in fact, said this in John 16, 33. What? He said, in this world, come on, you will have, yeah, you'll have trouble. You want to see a promise? Right there it is. All right, come on. They got amen? amen? Yeah, in this world, you'll have some trouble. That's a promise. But he also says this. Here's the promise. But take heart. I have overcome this world. I, I, I've, already, I've already been there, done that. And I'm telling you, it's better there's something better. Just you need to be holy like, like me. The problem is we're looking for this pain-free, perfect life. And, 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 if, and if we don't have it, then we start to blame God. And, then we, and the reality is God wants to, to be active. He wants to be active in our pain-filled life because we live in a sinful, broken world. He wants to be actively involved in that pain. And just because you're, you're blessed doesn't mean that you're not going to have trials or tribulations. It doesn't mean that you're not going to to feel weak sometimes. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be storms in your life. When we actually rejoice in your sufferings and your trials because you know that that they're developing uh, perseverance in your character, right? And your perseverance must finish its its work, like the Apostle Paul says, right? So, So you may be mature in what? Complete in Christ Jesus, not liking anything. Then... They become the blessings that God really can do something with, that can change a life, that can change a life. You see, in in Psalms 37, 4, David says this, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I I love that passage. 
I love the word delight. It comes from the Hebrew word. The word is agnog, which Hebrew words, they're almost like story words, right? They're almost like story words. There's depth and quality in that word. This word, it means to delight. It means to enjoy. It carries with it an idea of being made soft yet flexible, right? In other words, as we seek God, as we enjoy God, seek first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. And then everything else will be added to you. As we pursue God, as, as he is the object of our affection and our love, as we're not pursuing happiness anymore, but we're pursuing God, suddenly we enjoy his presence for the first time. We're delighting in him. Then he gives us not, hey, everything I want humanly possible, He gives me the desires of my heart, right? What he does is he gives us the desires, his desires. Our desires become his desires, and then we pray according to his will. He gives us what we pray for because we're praying specifically as his will be done. I know it's a lot, and it's deep, and it's wide, but it's true. You see, suddenly I'm enjoying God. You're soft, you're flexible, you're moldable. You're just like a piece of clay. And you're in the potter's hands for the very first time. I'm being conformed to his image, not the world's image. He's giving me his desires, and then I'm, I'm living a very blessed life, and you don't even know it. Not the perfect life, not the pain-free life, but something that is, is better than just happiness. It's joy unspeakable, as the Bible says, right? It's peace that is, passes all understanding. His, it's his supernatural strength when you are completely weak. It's a supernatural life that can literally change lives through his power, through his presence, and, and it carries you from this life. Your soldiers, remember, you're just passing through to the next. Now, I started off. I started off with a passage that God wants you happy, right? In Psalms 97, 12. I even used the scripture to support that, right? But what I did not do intentionally is to give you the whole verse. And I want to give you the whole verse today because I think for some of us, we need to know the truth. And it sort of brings the whole message all together. And it says this in Psalms 97, 12. If, if you want this verse, write this down. And it says it this way. May all who are godly be happy. Where? Come on, say it with me, church. Where? Say it with me. Come on, say it with me. Where? Yeah. May all who are are godly be happy in the Lord. In his holy name, you will praise his holy name. Happiness is never going to be found in the happenings of earth. Happiness is is only found in the Lord, period. It's deeper than just happiness. It's blessings. It's joy unspeakable. It's peace that passes all understanding. It's his power. It's his presence. It's his eternal calling that changes lives, that change lives. And it starts with you being happy in the Lord. So I would ask you today, to lower your, you know, lower your expectations of earth right here, right? Because you're not created for earth. You're created for heaven. And above all else, God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do something sinful or unwise. Maybe you got to wait for something. 
right? Patience. It develops what? Perseverance. God doesn't want you happy when it's only based on the things of this world, consumerism. God has something far better for you and you know it, so don't cheat yourself from it. God wants you blessed. God wants you more than happy, tapping into his godness, his goodness, that no matter what and everything, God is working together for the good of those who love him according to his purpose. And when you put his purpose over your pursuit, it changes everything. And when you start to pursue him, get ready. The question is, is what are you pursuing? What is it? A career? The girl? Money? If you talk to anybody who's successful, they'll say stuff like, yeah, those things don't mean a lot. And we're like, yeah, because you're successful. You got money. You got this. But if you start to listen to what they're really saying, I've learned. I thought this would get me happiness. But why is it that most millionaires end up what? Bankrupt eventually. Because they thought that would get them happiness and it did not. And if they would have just had applied the pursuit of the Lord at the very beginning, it would have changed everything and they could have blessed other people along the journey. I want us all to be so much into Jesus that it's a ripple effect, not for just here, but for eternity of blessings that changes lives, that changes lives. And it starts with us being happy in Jesus. Jesus, we pray today as we just lean in and we ask, we ask for favor over the things that we're caught up in, we're caught up in this world that we're stuck in. And sometimes we don't want to give them over, God, and forgive us when we do that. Lord, I'm asking for favor over, over that sin we're entangled in. Allow us to just to break free from that right now. Lord, allow us to just find you to be the only true happiness there is. Let us to pursue you with everything, with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. And don't fall victim of Satan's lies. This is, this is okay. This, this love I have for her, this love I have for him, this is okay to fall in that trap or for that, that lustful moment or for that moment of money. God, whatever it is, I, I don't know. But I do know this, there's hurting people and there's people here that are hurting and it's simply because they're not happy in you. Jesus, my prayer today is that we start to lean in and become happy in you and watch what happens it multiplies outward and changes people's lives Father that's my prayer and I pray that in your name Amen hey, we're going to sing a song and the altar's open for you to, to respond people will come and pray and, and they'll pray over you and we just ask you just to be open and honest and real with God this morning as we sort of just conclude today with a worshipful moment and just allow Holy Spirit to move. So respond as you feel need.